When I grow up, I want to work for a woke company. Like super woke. When I grow up, when I grow up, I want to be hired based on what I look like rather than my skills. I want to be judged by my political beliefs. I want to get promoted based on my chromosomes. When I grow up, I want to be offended by my coworkers and walk around the office on eggshells and have my words policed by HR. Words like grandfather, peanut gallery, long time no see, no can do. When I grow up, I want to be obsessed with emotional safety and do workplace sensitivity training all day long. When I grow up, I want to climb the corporate ladder. Just by following the crowd. I want to be a conformist. I want to weaponize my pronouns. What are pronouns? It's time to grow up and get back to work. Introducing the number one woke-free job board in America, redballoon.work. Listen, everyone, I know that you can go to movies and restaurants and fly on planes without masks, but don't be fooled. The heavy hand of COVID tyranny is still very much active in Canada, even though it appears to be smaller and hidden. People are still getting fired or being denied work if they cannot produce proof of COVID injections. Birth rates worldwide have been dropping since the jabs were introduced, and yet a panel of experts in Canada want us to get our boosters this coming fall. This persists even though we know the infection fatality rate for COVID is similar to a bad flu season. But when big money is involved, you can expect our elites to do what benefits them, not us lowly peasants. As followers of Christ, we cannot and should not be bitter or unforgiving. However, that does not mean that we should forget what happened and pretend like everything was and is just fine. Damage was and is still being done. Lives were and still are being negatively effective. For the sake of our country, our children, and true justice, we will see the past with sober judgment and move forward with clear thinking. It's July 18th. I'm Andrew DiBartolo. That's Matt Halleck. And this is Liberty Dispatch. Hey, hey, and welcome back to Liberty Dispatch, broadcasting across enemy lines into the Canadian culture war. We're so thankful that you have joined us yet again on the program, and we just want to remind you that Liberty Coalition Canada partners with Christian Week uh, to bring you each and every one of our shows. LCC exists to establish Christ's justice and righteousness and to defend those who stand for that same thing, and Christian Week exists to provide a practical balance hope-filled perspective on national and global issues you can get all our content over at the flf network fight laugh feast network flfnetwork.com check us out over there you can also get us on demand on your app by downloading the flf network app from your google play or your apple app store all things liberty coalition canada over are over at libertycoalitioncanada.com so we encourage you to go over there check that out and please do consider uh, partnering with us in our mission to fight back against the mainstream media lies and narratives to continue to bring the news coverage that no one else will bring you in the fashion that we bring it from a Christ honoring uh, gospel perspective. So 
we want to encourage you just a small donation from our listeners goes a very long way. We have the amount of listeners that we need to sustain us far into the future. If you would all just give a little bit on a monthly basis to us, we would really appreciate it. And that way we can continue to plan and grow for the future. So please, if you would go over to libertycoalitioncanada.com slash donate, leave a monthly donation there. That is extraordinarily helpful. And if you own a business, please reach out to us at advertising at Christian week.org and you can partner with us so we can help you and you can help us and we can build your business so we would encourage you to do that andrew here we are another week uh good to be back with you my background still looks somewhat decent i was trying to keep everything uh that's in the shot uh intact but my house is in utter disarray because my wife and I are moving uh, this week, so pray for us, uh, every, everyone who listens to the show, as we pack up our lives and move uh, in this season. You are, of... you are exiting Winterpeg, which means no matter well, where you're yeah. going, it's better. <laughs> yes, well, it's you know what? That is true. <laughs> it, it doesn't get much uh, worse than where we're at. Anywhere. Yeah, so, um, yeah, you know, it turns out being in downtown Winterpeg is indeed pretty bleak, so... We're looking forward to a change, and this is kind of a season of trying to figure out what our long-term plans are, but we'll we'll uh, rest in the Lord uh, doing mm-hmm. that. Um, anyways, here we are, another episode, another week. That means another mailbag question. And I know there's a lot of fatigue on the issue we're, we're dealing with today, Andrew, which is more COVID mania. So I have a total unrelated mailbag question, so it'll be oh, good. Oh, okay. Okay, so well, before, there you go. Before, before I do that, though, I need to quickly say last uh, week we asked the question, what lies have, mm-hmm. you know, culture believed? What lies have Christians or the church believed? Uh, but we know it's not true. And so someone uh, left us a comment saying, flying, spinning ball earth is a lie that the church has swallowed. So <laughs> that's great. Um, so we appreciate Good. All comments and feedback. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, But the question that I have for our audience is, who should we be interviewing? Who should we be interviewing? Mm -hmm. What sort of people do you think we should be reaching out to? Matt and I were talking before we started recording that I think we need to reach out to Dr. Scott Atlas, who was a part Mm -hmm. of the COVID task force before he was swiftly removed for bringing actual studies and research to bear yeah, on the United not, States COVID policy. That gets in that's the way good. of tough yeah, science. That's mad. <laughs> so, uh, so Dr. Scott Atlas has been sober-minded and is thinking about this all the way from May 2020. I read articles uh, by him from the Hoover Institute. So who do you think we should interview who we haven't already? You might say, get Dr. Malone on again, which I would love to, by the way, especially as I've been seeing more and more he's discussing the spiritual reality of faith and evil. And I saw an interview with him recently where he said, Without a doubt, it is Christian faith communities around the world that have been the most steadfast in standing up against COVID tyranny. So mm-hmm. hopefully the Lord's working on him. But who should we interview? Let us know. You can either leave it in the comments or reach out to us, mailbag at libertycoalitioncanada.com. Who mm-hmm. should we get on our show for maybe a quicker interview? Who should we get on for a longer form interview with Mike? Let us know what you think. We would love to hear from you. And as somebody who does a lot of the production around here, um, 
let us know what content you want to see. Like, what do you want to see from us? Because we're always open to, yeah, taking another stab, taking, you know, doing reaction videos, doing other things as well. Um, there's only so much time we can have with our skeleton crew, but we also want to give you valuable content that you guys are going to like. Um, so please let us know. We do have some plans, but uh, it's always great to get your feedback. That way we can tailor our our content to the people who are consuming that content. So, uh, yeah, we do really appreciate that. Um, Andrew, take her away. Yeah. Let's talk about money for a second here. Our banks and other financial institutions continue to push the rainbow agenda, even though we're no longer in June, but that really doesn't matter as we're going to see on Thursday's episode. We're not out of the woods yet. While we still need to have bank accounts to access mortgages, we don't need to leave our investment capital at the banks and other financial organizations that oppose our Christian values. Why are you still working with a financial advisor who dutifully dons the rainbow lapel pin in June and adapts the globalist agenda when it comes to critical race theory, ESG, climate change, and now 15-minute cities or smart cities? Jonathan Wellam with whom I had dinner on Saturday and it was wonderful and his team at Rockling are independently working to apply Christian truth and principles to their investing. Stop dreading your conversations with your woke financial advisor, email Rocklink at info at rocklink.com or visit them www.rocklink.com. That's link with a C. I, um, I feel like a little bit of a broken record. <laughs> I feel like um, I feel like I just keep coming back to this album over and over again and playing this list mm -hmm. for people to hear. But mm -hmm. I have to continually remind our audience and Canadians more broadly that COVID insanity is not fully behind us and mm -hmm. COVID injustice persists in our country. The, the reality is that people are still losing their jobs or they're being denied work because they cannot provide evidence of having received two experimental COVID gene therapy injections, which is bewildering. And yet here we are. So this story comes to us from LifeSite News. Quote, this weekend, so the story was just written a few days ago. This weekend, Sandra Hartman, 35, pleaded with London Health Sciences Center Chief Executive Jackie Schleifer-Taylor at a public forum to allow her to keep her job as the eight-month pregnant nurse faces dismissal for refusing the COVID vaccine. That's, I mean, that's lawless and evil, especially because she's eight months pregnant. Quote, at this point, we're past needing it, Hartman said, according to the London Free Press. I'm hoping for a change, but that could take time. It could take years. As CEO, I think she would have the authority to change it. In 2021, Hartman was placed on maternity leave and then unpaid leave after she refused to take the experimental COVID vaccine. Hartman's union, the Ontario Nurses Association, a den of thieves and, and, and mafia ghouls, has now informed her that she will be fired this week if she fails to comply with vaccine mandates despite evidence that the vaccines are dangerous for pregnant women, close quote, understatement of the year. 
dangerous for pregnant women. Absolutely. So the article continues. CEO Taylor seems to have little sympathy for Hartman, who served at LHSC for 12 years, so over a decade of hard service, saying the hospital is merely following policy guidelines from public health officials. Officials, we're just doing our jobs, okay? That's all we're doing. Collective scientific evidence, quote, and individual protection of patients and staff are debated regularly, she said, but failed to promise any concrete action on Hartman's behalf. If the COVID vaccine requirements are lifted, Schleifler Taylor noted, quote, it'll be evidence informed. There are numbers there are a number of things at play. In 2021, the hospital fired 84 employees over quote non-compliance with the vaccine mandate, forcing other staff to work overtime to keep hospitals running. As we know in Canada, we have a drastic shorter shortage of healthcare workers given our stupid, inane, terrible socialistic healthcare system, and yet they're firing people because they won't get a shot. That is dangerous. It gets worse, though. We covered the story of Sheila Annette Lewis, an Alberta woman who was denied a life-saving organ transplant by Alberta Health Services, AHS, because she chose not to receive the experimental COVID injection. The Supreme Court refused to hear her case, essentially saying that, yes, she deserves to die because she didn't do as she was told and comply with COVID jab requirements. Truly amazing. Sheila had a give, send, go campaign to try to raise money so she can get the transplant in the United States. This comes to us from the Revel News. Quote, Sheila had found hope in an American hospital which was willing to perform the surgery regardless of COVID-19 vaccine status, especially considering Sheila's strong natural immunity to COVID-19. Sheila's immunity was revealed by her lawyers this past spring, but AHS contracted doctors involved told Sheila this did not matter. And in fact, her and her family would now all have to take booster shots if she wants the transplant. Recently, that U.S. hospital rejected Sheila's candidacy for their transplant list. A source close to the situation confirmed the hospital suggested their yearly transplant capacity was simply too small and Sheila should consider a large hospital that would see larger volumes of transplants and organs tend to be a scarce resource obviously um Continue on. They said they did not want to waste Sheila's time considering how long it may take for them to obtain the necessary organ she needs and that a larger hospital would be more time appropriate. So there you have it, Andrew. Sheila has also opened up a lawsuit, thankfully, against a 
AHS and the doctors involved, alleging, and she clearly has grounds, uh, (laughs) whether the courts will be just is another thing, alleging malpractice. She is also exploring other international options, anything quite literally to save her life because she is running out of time. But that's, this is the important part of the discussion is we had the never forget episode uh, a week ago. And now we're doing a, we're not out of the woods yet series of episodes here because we have to continually remind people of what took place and of what continues to take place. Sure lockdowns, mandates, all these tyrannical things are not as widespread as they were, say, in 2020 and 2021, but they still are literally affecting the lives and livelihoods of our neighbors in this country, and that's why Christians cannot take a blind eye to it. We cannot curl up and go away to our Lala Bible studies uh, where we just if you say forgive and just like forget everything, COVID amnesty, that is inappropriate because this injustice is still happening and this is totally despicable that this is going on, Andrew. Yeah, and we're going to see more and more of these. We're going to see more and more instances of people dying from cancer saying, well, my, my screenings were put off months and months and months or it was by the time I got in there, it was much late later stage cancer. We're going to see that. More and more and more stories like this. In fact, there's another story coming out of Ontario. man who died after needing and not getting a kidney transplant because, you guessed it, he hadn't received the COVID jabs. This story comes from the Western Standard. Quote, Sudbury, Ontario resident Garnet Harper died from kidney disease after he could not receive a transplant because he was unvaccinated. I said I'm not going to be participating in this program as long as people like my husband are not eligible to receive organs that are from the Trillium Network, said Harper's wife, Megan, in an interview on independent journalism. Quote, and I said, are you aware that unvaccinated people are not eligible to receive transplants in Ontario? And that's a large part of why my husband is lying in this bed right now, close quote. The article continues, Megan concluded by saying the fact that they call you while you're sitting next to your dying loved one and ask you if they can have his organs. While meanwhile, he wasn't good enough to receive organs from them. I can't describe the feeling. It makes me sick to my stomach, she said. An obituary from Garnet's family said he was fighting kidney disease when he passed away at 35 years old. On May 22nd. So he can't get life-saving organ transplant. And yet he's about to die. And they want to know if they can harvest his organs. <laughs> I, I mean... It's I, a cruel joke. It's a, this, is, this is totally disgusting. So, so, Andrew, let's, let's, let's stop for a second and think through this situation. You have a 35-year-old man who is not... That's like danger. close to our age, too. Yeah, yeah, that's like he's not at all in danger yep. of dying from COVID nineteen, but they're forcing him to get an experimental vaccine, so called. We know just a jab because that's their policy. 
Meanwhile, he is actively dying because his kidneys are not working. And they won't give him a kidney transplant because he won't get an injection to protect him, so-called, from something that he's not in danger of. This is medicine? But they'll but they'll take his they'll take his unclean organs and harvest them to give to someone else who of will, course will, is, is will they jab them? The injection. <laughs> will they jab well, them for the No, it, this is the uh, no. this is the total and utter absurdity. All of these people should be thrown in jail. This is evil. This mm-hmm. is actively evil. And because they're wearing white coats does not absolve them of that evil. It makes it worse. Mm-hmm. Because they have a high station, because they have a high office, because they have responsibility, the responsibility of precious lives in their hands, they're, they're, they have a heightened culpability in all of this. Mm-hmm. Those to whom we give more authority have more responsibility and have greater culpability, not Mm -hmm. less. And that's the way just societies ought to work. But it turns out in ours, the more authority you have, the less culpability because you can just wave your hand over all of this and totally get rid of all your responsibility. Yeah, like even you if blame it on other people and say, oh, well, it's not us. It's the policy. It's we didn't come up with it. Disgusting yeah, stuff. It is disgusting. Shame on all these nope. people. Disgusting. So I, I'm sure So th- this is this is something that is deeply frustrating, deeply concerning. But there's something else that's frustrating and concerning for Canadians, and that has to do with money, with the economy with our systems of buying and selling. I bet you're growing more and more frustrated and concerned with the fiat money system here in Canada. I'm sure you're hoping for real options, a solution that works for you and values your liberty and security. Well, Barterit is here for you. It's a modern barter economy for freedom-loving Canadians to transact and exchange value without having to use fiat currency. Imagine Facebook Marketplace, Kijiji, and eBay all wrapped into one economic ecosystem. You offer your goods and services in exchange for bits, credits, and you can use those bits to acquire other goods and services in the community. It's a parallel economy. Head over to libertycoalitioncanada.com slash barter today and make sure you click on barter it for individuals. That'll be the box on the left. Make sure that you sign up as a VIP before the official launch. And by doing so, you will get a lifetime subscription, free premium listings, and a thousand bits to spend in the system. That's a $1,500 worth of value for only $197. It's libertycoalitioncanada.com slash barter. Again, for $200, this is what it's like. Imagine... Imagine you know that you're going to go shopping at, I don't know, let's pick a spot that's not super duper woke. You're, you're going to go, I mean, <laughs> I'm not well, I, yeah, I know you're going to go, uh, I don't know. Imagine your favorite store that hopefully doesn't, you know, make children work in sle- sweatshops for three cents a day and they sell <laughs> something you really like. Imagine if you could get, a $1,000 gift card to that store for $197. That's what's being offered here if you sign up as a VIP. 
you yeah. get a thousand bits, which can be used to any used toward anything in the economy in the ecosystem for $197. So check it out. LibertyCoalitionCanada.com slash barter. We're not out of the woods yet, Matt. It's true, Andrew. And in our first segment, just talking about the inane policies and their dangerous effects that are still affecting Canadian citizens, we want to highlight why, especially the first story that you bring up, is so drastically ridiculous and evil because more and more information continues to come out about the efficacy and the safety of these shots. So, this is really, really important for us to know. So the the first story included a pregnant woman who's going to get fired because she didn't take the jab. And it has absolutely everything to do with the very real negative effects of the jab on pregnant women. And really, women in general, uh, we've seen just tons of stories about delayed delayed fertility periods, all those things. Anyways, um, it's it's just been absolutely wreaking havoc on, on women's uh, menstrual cycles. Uh, we've been seeing an increase in miscarriages. Um, it, it turns out there may even be a link between the COVID injections and dropping birth rates uh, across the world. This comes to us from the Epic Times. Countries like the UK have seen a deficit of nearly 5,000 births per month in the first two quarters of 2022 compared to previous years. So much for the COVID baby boom. This downward trend started after COVID-19 vaccinations. Mm. We're seeing a lot of negative trends medical trends that happen after the introduction of the this experimental vaccination according to the newly released cdc data last year the united states was about a total of 3000 babies short compared to 2021 the lead author of the report said this is a very small change since 2014 birth rates have been declining by 2% every year. Despite that, there is something concerning happening on the ground that is affecting a portion of pregnant women. At the end of last year, a nurse whistleblower released a letter from a hospital in Fresno, California. The letter described how the hospital was seeing an unprecedented rise in monthly stillbirths their rate was around 22 stillbirths and creeping higher thorpe says that in the years prior to covid19 vaccination the stillbirth rate was around 5.8 this is a 40-fold standard deviation surge in stillbirths that occurred only after the rollout of the vaccine vaccine said Thorpe. Thorpe said the greatest risk to a pregnant woman is inflammation. Quote, to my understanding and my clinical experience, the most inflammatory agent ever institute insert introduced, pardon me, in medicine is the COVID-19 vaccines, said Thorpe. 
Yikes. So people who might be thinking, yeah, but you know, you just said that birth rates have been declining steadily year over year. Well, let's, this is still from the Epic Times. Okay. Quote, meanwhile, Dr. John Little, a family physician from Florida who specializes in managing pregnancies, suspects that COVID-19 vaccines may be causing microclotting in the placenta. Quote, you just have to do whatever you can to prevent these small blood clots and to optimize the flow to the developing baby, said Little. The American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists is still strongly recommending bivalent boosters, quote, as soon as possible to maximize maternal and fetal health, close quote. That is criminal. That is negligent. I, uh, I want to show a picture to our audience that I recently took, very recently. My wife is pregnant. She's due in the fall. We went to the hospital to get one of her scheduled ultrasounds. I want to show you a picture of what was hanging right in the middle of the radiology department waiting room, still with everything we know. Look at this picture. Getting the COVID-19 vaccine while pregnant is safe, effective, and highly recommended by the Provincial Council for Maternal and Child Health. That's what the poster says. With everything we know, that's still up there. It's Outside of the radiologist. That's unbelievable. Now, this madness, by the way, it goes all the way to the tippy top of our health establishment. This isn't just one rogue, super woke hospital, which... KGH is Kingston, super woke hospital, super woke city, super woke university, whatever. It's not just them. No, 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 my friends. The Globe and Mail broke this story that quite literally almost made my jaw hit the ground. I mean that. My mouth opened up wide and I, I, I just could not believe it is so utterly stupid and evil. This is from the Globe and Mail. Quote, Canadians who have gone more than six months without a COVID-19 shot or infection should get a booster with a new formulation of the vaccine this fall, according to the experts who guide the country's vaccination policies. In formal recommendations released Tuesday, the National Advisory Committee on Immunization, NACI, came out in favor of autumn doses for every age group for which boosters are approved. Unbelievable. But emphasize the importance of extra jabs for those most vulnerable to COVID, including senior citizens, pregnant women, indigenous people, and immunocompromised patients. Like that is, I, I don't like that, just that, that, that list there. It's just utterly random. Unbelievable. Okay. NASI also endorsed giving COVID-19 boosters and flu shots at the same time, a strategy the panel hopes will increase uptake of both vaccines. By the way, I just want to say- green before, in their pockets. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't, we need to, we're, we're going to link, if we can remember, link to the episode, the interview that Mike did with Deanna McLeod. Yeah, it's a must Where she specifically highlights mm -hmm. the compromised, corrupt nature of the board of NASI, where she shows yeah. that of the board of 16, <laughs> only one person has zero, zero instances there's, there's there's a heat graph where mm -hmm. what she'll do is she'll look at the people and look at connections and see if there's a conflict of interest 
and 15 of the 16 have various degrees of conflict of interest. Only one of the 16 people of the board of NASI. So they're the ones that are telling us, oh, yeah, yeah, get it. Get, get your shots. It's good. It's mm-hmm. safe. This is yeah. like with everything we know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Andrew, to my point earlier, these people should be held to greater account because of their office and station mm-hmm. in life. It does not go the other way around. The poster you took a picture of has the Ontario government logo in the bottom of the right corner of it. They are putting their sanction on these materials. They are promoting these experimental gene therapies that are having a great effect on people. And somehow they're dodging all the consequences of Mm -hmm. their recommendations. It's absolutely, totally, and utterly absurd. Anyways, the article continues. Howard New, Canada's Deputy Chief Public Health Officer, said widespread use of COVID-19 boosters and influenza shots could help the country avoid a repeat of last fall and winter. What world are these people living in? When an unusually brutal respiratory illness season overwhelmed hospitals, because it doesn't take much to overwhelm our terrible, no good, very bad socialistic and hospital because, system. And because, I just to interject, because we also had people in masks steady for two years. Not seeing people. <laughs> not seeing people and masks. So they're, they're, not, getting, they're not getting outside. They're not mm. being exposed to good bacteria, good germs. They're not boosting their immune system. They're not getting sunlight, so they're not getting vitamin D. They're super stressed. They're super afraid. We've had masks on their face. We also started rolling out the jabs, which as we covered in last week's episode, we see now studies are showing that it's negative immunity, that re- getting having repeated exposure to the SARS-CoV-2 spike protein, it increases the likelihood of you getting sick. So, of course, we had a brutal respiratory illness season. It was a manufactured one. It was engineered, and it was not by accident. It was because of terrible policies and lawless rules for people. Mm-hmm. Just wanted to make sure we, yeah, and, and we I, speak to that. We had a bad respiratory season, mm-hmm. but not, not because of why they think, but we know why. Yeah, and and just to add on to that, like I, I I know I've heard guys like Peter McCullough talk about viral interference. That it, seeing the uptake on just normal influenza viruses and stuff like that, it instead of being a cause for concern, like Doctor News saying, it's actually shows that COVID is weakening and mm-hmm. that uh, it, we're going back to kind of a normal respiratory virus season in the fall and the winter here. But nevertheless, there's never an opportunity to miss for our, our, our overlords um, to really make people very, very afraid. So Dr. New continues, we really want to be as prepared as possible in and in prevention mode. Well, you better look to something better than the vaccines. That's why NASI put out this statement. Quote, The bottom line is that, hey, if it's been over six months since your last dose or infection, then you should get an additional dose. Why not? They haven't worked yet. (laughs) 
boosters are necessary because most evidence points to the vaccine's effectiveness beginning to wane around the six-month mark, Dr. New said. As well, the rapid evolution of the virus that causes COVID-19 means that variants circulating now are better able to escape the immunity provided by older versions of the vaccines, which could also, if you just stretch out that logic a little bit farther, maybe you would get to the right position, Dr. New, and you'd understand it's also why you can't vaccinate vaccinate for viral infections. Anyways, Andrew, all of this is why you have the need in market for a children's book titled, I'm Unvaccinated, and that is okay. We have a picture. That's okay. Of the graphic here. So this is from Bright Light News. I'm unvaccinated and that is okay is a story of an unvaccinated child named Nicholas Novax. Novax. No. <laughs> How do you like that, Andrew? That's Good my stuff. guy. No Anyways. Vax. Great head of hair too on him if you're looking at the picture. It is. That's my yeah. <laughs> I know. I know that that grease. Uh, anyways. Uh Anyways, he shares the many reasons why his parents have chosen not to vaccinate him. Nicholas explains his parents' personal concerns about vaccine injury, the importance of finding a doctor they can trust and openly speak with, the research they did before making this decision, and what life is like for an unvaccinated child who has an older vaccine-injured sibling. Inspired by by personal stories of vaccine-injured children, which have been shared with Dr. Shannon Croner over many years of working with special needs families, Dr. Croner aims to raise awareness of the importance of vaccine choice and the necessity of doing the research before making an important decision such as vaccination so there you have it we have a we have to create books justifying personal medical decisions that we we and our children uh make and we make for our children unbelievable especially considering the fact that the evidence is clear the vaccines don't work they know it right that that's implicit in what dr news is talking about Better get your boosters because they don't work. <laughs> the, the other vaccines well, don't work. work. They, they, they work at weakening your immune system. Yes. They work well, at that. Yeah. But anyways, they don't work at stopping you from getting COVID. Um, so you better keep just injecting yourself. I guess the, the logic goes. Um, it's implicit in there. But nevertheless, we have our entire medical complex in Canada denying people transplants because they're not vaxxed, firing people because they're not vaxxed, and continuing this insane COVID tyranny. And that's yeah, why we, it still matters, people. Yep. And wait till we look at the numbers in just a bit. We're going to unpack some numbers here that are un, uh, unbelievable when, when you look at the actual deadliness of COVID. Now, finally, we know definitively the numbers are in, but the truth is crazies who were who were availing themselves of studies and news sources apart from legacy media we've kind of known for over three years now but we don't like to say i told you so but we're gonna say i told you so do we do we uh, alfred I mean, alfred okay might help it. us in a bit alfred might help us in a little bit not right now <laughs> i'm literally in my house i'm gonna say so let's continue 
Our federal government's response to economic difficulties is to print money until it's worthless, driving up the cost of everything. Have you bought eggs and milk lately? Uh, I'm just crazy high. And essentially stealing from your hard-earned pay. They also want to monitor your spending by way of a centralized digital currency. What you need is to take control of your own resources and be responsible for your own money. Bull Bitcoin wants to help you do just that. Bull Bitcoin is a 100% self-funded, freedom-minded Canadian Bitcoin exchange that wants to protect your financial freedom and help you protect your resources. If you're at all aware of what's going on in our country, you should seriously consider connecting with our friends over at Bull Bitcoin today. Sign up at mission.bullbitcoin.com LCC and have all of your questions answered by a real live person. That's mission.bullbitcoin.com slash LCC. So Matt, we've already covered that nurses need jabs, even okay. though it's killing babies and affecting women's menstrual cycles. Our health establishment is pushing the shots, yeah. denying life-saving treatment for the unjabbed. Still. Some might say, however, well, the virus was deadly at one point. Especially certain strains of the virus were really deadly before we knew what we were doing, before we knew what was going on. And so we kind of put these policies in place. We pushed the jab because it was a killer or we thought it was or we didn't know. I Whatever. So now we well, but now, you know, that, well, it turns out that that's not the case at all. The tinfoil crown wearing conspiracy theorists were right about covid Again, thanks to sound men and studies from places like Stanford, Harvard, and Oxford all the way back in March 2020, the people who put together the Great Barrington Declaration, the people who did their own assessments of COVID and didn't take the Imperial College super high fear-mongering deadly number of people who would die across the world, because of that, we've always known that COVID was no worse than a really bad flu season, which we've kind of been saying for a number of years now and criticized for. But now we know that that actually is the case completely. So a new study from the National Library of Medicine titled Age Stratified Infection Fatality Rate of COVID-19 in the Non-Elderly Population Right, so this is everyone under the age of 70, breaks down the infection fatality rate of COVID by age groups. Now, I want to read right from the abstract, and we'll, we'll just kind of work our way through these numbers. The median infection fatality rate for people 0 to 19 was 0.0003%. Now, let me just, let me make sense of that for people between the ages of zero and 19 the odds of you not dying from covid are 99.9997 percent okay just and yet they're putting jabs in kids for 20 to 29 years old 0.002% is the case fatality rate. For 30 to 39 years old, that's me, 0 0.011. 
at four, at 30 sorry at 40 to 49 years 0 0.035 at 50 to 59 years 0 0.123 and at 60 to 69 years 0 0.506 now that last number I'll say right there 0 0.506 that is the case fatality rate for a very bad flu season in Canada and the United States so for everyone under the age of 60 the case fatality rate for COVID isn't as bad as a bad flu season. Only for people between 60 and 69 is COVID the equivalent of a bad flu season. Now, this let's broaden this out. Okay, the study continues, including data from another nine countries with imputed age distribution of COVID-19 deaths yield median infection fatality rate. Now get this, zero to 59 years. 0 0.025 to 0.032. Again, much better than a bad flu season. And for people 0 to 69 years, the, the infection fatality rate was 0.063 to 0.082%. Meta-regression analyses also suggested that the global infection fatality rate of 0.03 and 0.07 respectively in these age groups. So globally, right, this is all countries, healthy countries, unhealthy countries, globally, the median infection fatality rate for people 0 to 59 is 0.03%. And for people 0 to, sorry, 0 to 59, for people 0 to 69, 0.07%. This is the point. This is right in the study. The current analysis suggests a much lower pre-vaccination infection fatality rate in non-elderly populations than previously suggested. Let me say that one more time, okay? Just, just so we're clear. What they're saying is it was suggested, right? we thought... That for people under the age of 70, that the infection fatality rate for COVID pre-vaccination was higher. But it turns out, turns out, if you're under the age of 70 and you don't have two or three comorbidities or more, the infection fatality rate for COVID-19 is very low which means i want to make sure we get this okay because this is this is complicated stuff here if you're under the age of 70 the chances of you getting and dying from covid minus some comorbidities is essentially zero mm -hmm. making it for everyone under the age of 70 without comorbidities essentially as deadly as an average flu season now they're saying oh it turns out it's that's the case and that's mm -hmm. what we didn't know before really because there were some people who knew who knew that before wait we, so hold on a second we knew early wait alfred do you have something i think alfred has something to share on this matter about who knew what about the inf infection fatality rate of co was that was that alfred today you get to say i told you so Today, I don't want to. 
about the bloody Italian. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yes, and that yep. th- that's a crazy thing. I just w- just one correction, Andrew. I was listening to kind of a, a panel that um, Jay Bardacharya, Scott Atlas, um, Martin Kulderf, um, and and other associates were on, and uh, Atlas was actually saying that most people who died of COVID, not only were they extraordinarily elderly, so 70 and beyond, um, that was the vast majority of, of people dying, but he said they had upwards of six, six yeah. comorbidities. I've, I've heard that the app, the, that, that, that I've, I've heard the number four, like the, like I know that the CDC, they publish their numbers. That's why I wanted mm. to lowball just so I just so people yeah, feel too but, bad about but, it. <laughs> but CDC Andrew said, CDC said CDC said something like ninety six percent of all of the deaths from COVID mm. um, had at least four comorbidities, yeah. which means four percent of all COVID deaths were people who didn't have <laughs> comorbidities. And chances are, of that four percent, eighty five percent of them were over the age of 70 75 no exactly but you you have to realize going the other way is probably not wise because if these are official cdc numbers you always know the reality is worse it's the same way how they calculate core inflation all these inflation numbers what they actually tell you it's probably twice as bad right that's the actual number of inflation that you're feeling in your pocketbooks after the government's you know targeted the exact statistics that they want to maybe make inflation not look so bad to prop up this dying idiotic fiat system that we have anyways uh, andrew a deep dive into covid madness obviously would not be complete without more evidence of covid cover-ups and corruption According to The Spectator, there was a Chinese donation endorsed by one Dr. Anthony Fauci that might have been a part of the lab leak cover-up. This comes from The Spectator article on January 31st, 2020. Fauci forward forwarded a science article exploring theories about the possible origins of the virus to a disease genomics researcher in California named Christian Anderson. The article mentioned a 2015 study authored by the University of North Carolina epidemiologist Ralph Barrick and the Wuhan Institute of Virology researcher Dr. Shi Zhengli, which modified a bat-borne SARS-like virus to make it transmissible between humans. Hmm. Sounds fishy. Quote, If the SARS-2 virus were to have been cooked up in Xi's lab, then its direct prototype would have been the shc C014-C. Cove slash SARS-1 chimera created by Barrick and Xi, the potential danger of which concerned many observers and prompted intense discussion, the bullet of the bulletin of atomic scientists later reported. The discovery of this 2015 study appears to have been a giant red flag for Fauci who was likely alarmed by the possibility that it might have been funded 
by the NIH. No, it couldn't have pop. No, what? No. Um, but it was. Indeed, it was. Despite the original publication failing to disclose this fact, Fauci forwarded the study to his deputy at NIAID, Hugh Auchincloss, with an ominous message. Quote, Hugh, it is essential that we speak this a.m. Read this paper as well as the email that I will forward to you. You have tasks today that must be done. End quote. That's from Dr. Fauci. A little more than an hour after receiving the email from Fauci, Christian Anderson responded, quote, the unusual features of the virus make up a really small part of the genome and show that some of the features potentially look engineered, Anderson wrote. He pointed out that the University of Sydney researcher Edward Holmes Another world-class virologist, as well as a small group of top researchers, quote, all find the genome inconsistent with expectation from evolutionary theory, despite, obviously, what Fauci has continued to maintain to this day. So, so this is what he's told at the end of January. So this is the end of January 2020. Fauci is told, one, it appears that COVID has been engineered or manipulated. Two, it appears it happened at a lab in Wuhan. And three, it appears that maybe we funded it. Mm-hmm. So that's what Fauci is told. So what does Dr. Fauci do? Well, he's honest, obviously. Yeah, of course. No. So on February 1st, he arranges a conference call with Francis Collins, the head of the National Institute of Health, and a handful of researchers, including Anderson and Holmes, who you mentioned, Matt. We don't know what was said on that call, and why not? Well, because it's been completely redacted, of course, because why would we want to know what they said? Here's what we do know, however. Coming out of that meeting, everyone was united in their messaging that the virus was definitely not engineered in a lab, but came from some silly Westerner eating a bat in a food market some 20 miles from the lab, in Wuhan. So even though they raised their concerns, even though there was evidence coming out of this conference call, everyone agree- everyone agrees, not the lab. No, no, no. Wet market. So this is from the same story in The Spectator. On the same day, Anderson sent his White House bound email referring to the conspiracy fringe crackpot theory that he himself had laid out 72 hours earlier. And just two days after Harvard Medical School's dean contacted Fauci on behalf of Evergrande, another key development took place. This one, until now, almost entirely overlooked regarding the role it may have played in the effort to shape the narrative about the pandemic's origin. The Chinese real estate firm, on whose behalf George Daly had contracted Fauci, pledged a $115 million donation to Harvard Medical School. The donation used to fund a Harvard Evergrande Guangzhou partnership to study COVID-19 that would come to be known as the Massachusetts Consortium on Pathogen Readiness. On the day Evergrande approved the donation, according to its 2020 annual report, on the day it approved the donation, 
Fauci took what, according to a Chinese foreign minister official timeline of early pandemic events details, was his first call during the pandemic with the head of the Chinese CDC, George Gao, quote, to exchange information on the epidemic, close quote. No more than two days after the Fauci-Gao call and the announcement of Evergrande's donation, Peter Daszak began asking prominent scientists to sign a letter condemning the lab leak hypothesis as a conspiracy theory and affirming a scientific consensus on the pandemic's origins. The article concludes, there's little doubt that George Daly and Anthony Fauci, both of whom have extensive experience cooperating with Chinese scientific institutions, would have understood the distinction between working with a Chinese lab or vaccine program and taking enormous sums from a private real estate behemoth with ties to the CCP. Yet, not only did Daly apparently seek to involve Fauci in this deal, but Fauci, as Daly himself later would go on record to say, Fauci went so far as to endorse the deal. The question all this provokes is, again, why? Why? And... Moolah. Yeah. Green. Dinero. And not just that, (laughs) but having to do anything, as you've already brought up, Matt, anything to shirk accountability... Oh, yeah. And not be responsible because Fauci still, and we covered this last week, still will say there's no gain of, there was no gain of function happening. And even though there isn't, we certainly didn't fund it. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. And, And the scandal of it is, yeah, there was concerns, red flags years before the pandemic happened, even which apparently Fauci was aware of and concerned about. Um, they had stopped. Uh, Congress had stopped any gain of function research being funded from the United States to China. But it turns out they didn't want to stop. So they just Mm -hmm. worked around it and they still funded this research. And it turns out that funding that went to that research that was taking place in the Wuhan Wuhan, uh, lab of virology it was the one who most likely developed the COVID-19 disease that then leaked from the lab and spread across this world. Intentionally, unintentionally, whatever it is, China is directly responsible for this virus being made. The research they were they did, they're directly responsible for it. And the NIH oh, and the, the, the AID are also responsible for helping fund it. And then not only that, but cover it up, right? Because the cover up is, it's not only, oh, hey, we were negligent and we were funding this, but it was like, hey, we were we we knew the concerns. We were told not to directly fund this. We still did it. And then this happened, you know? Yeah. So there's so many layers of, poop that <laughs> is trying to be buried by Fauci yeah. and it's so and the self-serving story the, the story in the spectator shows that that's the same CCP 
yeah. that sent a $115 million donation to Harvard Medical School that Fauci <laughs> said, yeah, I'm the- really thankful for this donation. It's wonderful that they're giving all this money to Harvard Medical School. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with the CCP. Dude, dude do you know, dude, dude, it's um, the P.H. Chan School of Public Health. I, I believe that is the title of the Harvard School of Public Health. Mm-hmm. It's but Chan, Chan's Chan's like a Chan, that's a good uh, that's a good Swedish name, right? <laughs> no, no, oh, it's sorry. it's directly directly tied to the CCP, but yet they it just happens, right? Mm-hmm. So it's this old open conspiracy thing. If you just do this stuff out in the open, people will be like, "Well, what conspiracy is going on? They if this was criminal, they wouldn't do it out in the open." Well, it turns out they do, and mm-hmm. then seemingly they can escape all accountability and that this gives back to my original point this is not the way things should happen the reason christ says uh or you know the the reason that it's put forward pardon me the apostle ball says that not many should aspire to be teachers is because James. james thank you the reason that is said, the principle really gets at the fact that because the higher your office, the higher the authority you're given, the higher the responsibility, and that really creates accountability. It, it creates a level of liability if you do things wrong and you've been given a big station in life you deserve a stricter judgment that is the biblical principle but because we live in the upside down world it seems like the old adage you're too big to fail is true in these cases and that's what really leaves so many people bewildered and befuddled over all of this stuff that's going on because they seem they don't they feel hopeless hopeless if i did half the things that these people did i'd be in jail for the rest of my life Mm -hmm. but these people can just go on doing these evil wicked no good very bad things even put into high offices of of great political um trust and they escape all accountability. Fauci can literally perjure himself to Congress and escape all accountability. It's totally asinine and it's totally absurd. And that's why we're not out of the woods. This stuff's going on and we can never forget because we must seek justice for what has been done throughout the last three years and what continues to be done because the fact of the matter is we're going to cover stories on thursday which is going to lay out the groundwork which shows that the pandemic was just the training ground and now they're going to push forward on the back of this the the plans for the great reset so all of this madness that we're forced to endure right now was largely predicated upon the absolute folly, carelessness, um, evil, self-interested evil of these wicked men. Mm-hmm. And, and and the cover-up is just it's always worse than the crime. It's it's yeah. despicable. We're not we're not out of it yet. And we can't just sweep over what's happened. 
No. We need to remember. Again, it doesn't mean that we're bitter. We're not holding grudges. No. It doesn't mean that we're unforgiving. Mm -hmm. But we can't just we can't just wave a hand over this and make it go away. We have to remember what's happened. Mm -hmm. We have to approach it with right thinking. And and here's why. One for for the sake of justice, but also so that we are best positioned for what's coming. Because this this public health emergency, this global health threat that wasn't, that they said was in COVID, will soon be replaced and is in the process of being replaced by the greater health threat, the greatest health threat that the world has ever known in climate change and really mm -hmm. climate alarmism, the climate cult. And so they're going to run this play again. And so the reason why we can't forget, the reason why we can't just gloss over it is because it allows us to see the tactics and see the plays and understand what's happening before it happens so mm -hmm. that we can be best prepared for how to mm -hmm. deal with it. It means that as Christians, we need to think about getting ready for the same thing. They're going to lock people out of certain things, deny access to certain things, mm -hmm. limit certain comforts and conveniences because of it. We, we just get ready for this to happen. Get ready yeah. for them saying you can't drive your car this much or that far. You can't go here. You got to work from home. You have to do this. We got to do like get ready for all of this. Mm -hmm. Get ready for more and more people to lose jobs so that the government can force them to be on the take. And so, but why? But to what end? Well, so that you can make the right decisions yeah. so that you can say in my community, we need to be ready to care for one another, mm -hmm. whether that's helping each other out with food and self-sufficiency, whether that's supporting one another's businesses, whether that's thinking about alternative things, alternative ecosystems, if you will, or economies than just the fiat currency system I know. So the reason why we have some of the sponsors we do is because you need to think about where are my investments? Do I only have cash? Are, are there options out there for me to engage in a kind of parallel economy barter system, right? We want to be able to bring these to you to say, do what needs to be done now to prepare yourself, to position yourself well, find a good community, find a good church, find like-minded people who are ready. They're building good schools. They're starting businesses like they're ready to weather this storm and to thrive in the midst of it. We're giving you the tools. We're giving you people to contact regarding finances in the economy i we have a list of churches where we can tell you to move relocate connect with these people mm -hmm. we have all sorts of resources available to you so that you can do whatever you must do to be ready because this play will come again mm -hmm. it'll be another health crisis and the draconian measures and tyranny will be even stronger next time yeah so avail yourselves of what we have brought to you and, and do what you can to be ready for the sake of your children and really for the future and thriving of the church here in Canada. Yeah, and, and this is an important point because, listen, we all have stations in life. We all have offices that we're called to that give us authority, and with that authority comes responsibility, and we're to respond accordingly. And Christ chastises people for being able to observe the seasons and the time of day and the weather and all those things, but being totally unable to apply those same reasoning faculties 
to the events of the times. And that's something that us, dear friends, cannot fall into. The stage is set. The script has been written. They're going to go back to the well. We need to be discerning enough to take people at their words when they're writing this stuff and to see the plays that are happening so we can prepare ourselves, prepare our families, prepare, you know, to to take up our responsibility and live wisely in light of all of this and also to continue to push back against this nonsense and push to a society where people will be held accountable for doing what they've done, which is wildly recommend an experimental gene therapy to the detriment and the harm of many people Mm -hmm. held accountable for refusing to give people uh, medical interventions that would have saved their lives because they didn't take those jabs, destroyed the economy, led to all sorts of issues. We need to live in a world where the higher your office, the more the more culpable you are if you do damage. We That's a true just system. The higher the office, the more you're held to account for what you do, not the less. And that will, in turn, create a society that people love to live in. Because it turns out, instinctually, we know that to whom's given much responsibility, much is expected, right? That is what we need to understand and push forward to. So we know this is treading a lot of uncomfortable ground, rehashing things that I'm sure everybody wants to forget. But the point of this episode and the one that's to come this week is that we can never forget and that we're not out of the woods yet. And that's why we're calling to stamina. We're calling to continue to run the race, continue to share these programs, continue to get the information out there, continue to prepare yourselves for what has come or what is to come, and also continue to push to make sure that these things that have taken place are going to be punished and dealt with justly. That's what we're calling for. We hope that you're hearing our clarion call, and we do appreciate you tuning into our program. At the end of every program, we say Galatians 5.1. Thanks for tuning in to Liberty Dispatch, a united front to restore liberty and justice in Canada. Please subscribe to our podcast and Rumble channel, as well as visit our website at www.libertycoalitioncanada.com.